How do revolutions happen? Will the climate revolution happen like the civil rights movement? My short answer is I don't think so. So if there is a revolution, I think it happens higher than the grassroots and maybe at a kind of a tree trunk level. And those are corporations, celebrities, powerful people, wealthy people. I met Auden Schendler outside Aspen, Colorado, on his way to a friend's funeral. He's the executive director of sustainability for Aspen Ski Company, and he's preaching a new school of thought. The revolutionaries of the Wild West aren't hidden in the facelessness of grassroots campaigns. They're the televised few. They aren't the protesters of our parents' generation. They aren't even the 99% camped out on our streets last year. Here's what Auden's promising. Our climate revolutionaries are the names we associate with big work. They're corporate America. Auden likes to scheme. Take one of those top floor hotel suites, for example, the kind with more square footage than the average house inside a hotel that's trying to create a green image with a few rooftop solar panels. It's the kind of hotel room Bill Clinton or John Kerry would choose, and it's the kind of hotel room that gives Auden ideas. If Auden had it his way, he would have the energy generated by solar panels allocated exclusively to the hotel suite. Then he would put a graph in the room. The graph would show how much energy is being generated and how much energy is being used. Beside that graph would be a message about climate change. Auden schemes if he can get one Bill Clinton or one John Kerry on board, then he gets to take the rest of his life off, because that's his big leverage opportunity. All it takes is one key player. Take Coke Industries, for example. Brothers David and Charles Koch are powerful oil and gas magnets who own subsidiaries from cattle companies to Georgia Pacific. You can't dodge the Kochs. They own everything. In the media, the Koch brothers are usually noted for their leading contributions to the Republican Party, as well as their involvement in petrochemicals. But what the Kochs are rarely mentioned alongside is climate change. The reason every country in the world agrees we have a problem and we have to fix it, and the U.S. doesn't, is in large part due to the Koch family, K-O-C-H, who are fossil fuel family, one of whom lives in Aspen, who have funded disinformation. So these guys said, well, let's get a really good, credible scientist at Berkeley named Richard Muller, and let's, he's a skeptic, and let's have him look at the science and give us a study that's going to have a credible scientist say what is up on climate. And obviously they were hoping he'll say it's not happening. So this guy came out almost a year ago saying, uh, we got a problem, <laughs> and, and it's worse than we thought. Game over. The Kochs have sponsored what Auden considers a final gotcha moment for the climate change denial community. Did they intend to? No, they're accidental moralists, funders of a climate study that swung to the other side. But they still uphold Auden's point. If it's big enough, and if it's in the right hands, wealthy hands, people will see it. Is it people in Bangladesh making a dollar a day? No. It's the wealthy and the power, I'm sorry, these are influential people. By the way, these aren't bad people. These are people who often do give enormously to charities and are progressive on policy. What happens is you're not really taking their water, you're slowing yeah. the water down, it's going into the ground. So you're like a sponge and you're releasing it slowly. And so now they have water all year round. That's Valer Austin, 
She's describing the role of trincheras, small rock structures like dams that slow the flow of water in an attempt to restore biological communities along a creek bed. She and her husband, Joe Austin, are two unlikely climate revolutionaries. They have ties to a number of companies, including Goodrich Petroleum and Novagen, a pharmaceutical developer. And now in their 70s, the Austins own a ranching company, as well as a conservation initiative with land in Arizona, Texas, and Sonoran, Mexico. You know, I just, I saw it, mm -hmm. liked it, and we put in a bid on it, never thinking we'd get it. And all of a sudden we had a ranch. The Austins don't always choose to work within the system. In the past 30 years, they have built over 20,000 trincheras on their property, but have been sued by the Southwest Center for building the rock structures on forest service lands without consulting fish and wildlife about endangered species in the area. The courts, however, decided the charge had been brought in bad faith and eventually tossed the lawsuit. We thought, we need water. How do we get water? We didn't think in terms of a natural process. Most of our land is on forest land. We have like only 2,000 deeded acres and we probably have 14, 16,000 leased acres. You know, initially they came out and they said we have to do studies and you know this, that and the other thing, but they didn't come back again so we just started. To be honest, I don't know where they start and we end. Belair has shown me 10 or so trancheras inside her property when she tells me, we're going broke doing this. At what point do your environmental actions put you out of business and now you can't do the good stuff you want to do? So, oh, well that's, you know, you could say, well that's just bullshit. It's not. It's the real world. You go out of business, you can no longer be a corporate force for change. Later that day, I'm sitting with a group of college students in one of the Austin's post-Trinchera ditches. Joe Austin is discussing what the conservation efforts of a younger generation should be and has pointed out one of the more lanky students as a potential corporate type. I think I can see him in a three-piece suit. <laughs> you might have to shave. <laughs> At least for the first 20 years. You know, when you get rich enough, they don't care. Then one of the students asked Joe how to go about land conservation without the wealth or the corporate power. Well, if you had two acres, mm -hmm. you could certainly put chinchadas on two acres. Mm -hmm. You can do a lot of harvesting on two acres. Also, I think it's extremely important for at least some of you guys to become real rich investment bankers. So you can go out and buy land. <laughs> You all don't have to be poor environmental lawyers. The Austin stewardship suggests that behind every corporation are a rooted few who will take their wealth into the woods or like Auden onto the slopes of Colorado. Wealth and good morals. Auden suggests it's a powerful combination and to a great extent, the Austins have shown just how revolutionary the idea is. Toward the end of the day, I asked Joe if he's ever crossed paths with the Cokes. He says he doesn't know them well, but mentions they've contributed a lot of money to the New York Ballet. You know, hypocrisy is a human trait. Everybody's a hypocrite. I'm a great hypocrite. I mean, I love my hypocritical self. Hopefully, when people do sort of get the means to do good work, they will do good work. For National Public Lands Radio, I'm Molly Estev.